Next on MLR Weekly, retired Major League Rugby and USA Rugby star turned player rep Nick Chavetta, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, and John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Yeah. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber. Stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us once again. We have a great show. We have Nick Chavetta, the former Major League Rugby and USA Rugby star, now helping rep the Players Union. He's waiting in the wings. We also have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with a rant. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick from the nation's capital. John, how are you? What do you got for us? Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? I really do want to know, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for asking. That's great to hear. Hey, you want to talk about Major League Rugby? Yeah, I'd love to. Perfect. Hey, how about this? Labor peace in Major League Rugby. Right. MLR and United States Rugby Players Association, they announced the signing of a voluntary recognition agreement, which is basically just a fancy way to say that USRPA is officially recognized as the representative for MLR players. Matt. You're an extra on the movie Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, so you know all about labor pains. Is this is this a big deal? Oh, I was the stunt baby. Ironically, you mentioned labor pains. I see what you're doing there. Uh, it is a big deal. And this uh, period of detente that we can look uh, forward to was orchestrated in part, a large part, by our guest waiting in the green room, Mr. Nick Chavetta former Major League Rugby player and USA Rugby player, now working on the board of USRPA, which we may name rename ARPA, American Rugby Players Association. Next. Will you be breaking some ciabatta with Chavetta? Hey, MLR has new balls. That's right. Major League Rugby, they announced a partnership with Gilbert Rugby Balls. And get this, it's going to include a tracking device, courtesy of sports tech company, Sportable, excuse me, I'm not being paid for this, by the way, but it's include some type of tracking device. It's gonna give real-time insights on speed and distance and meters gained and all that stuff. But Matt, I gotta ask you, what stat do you want tracked? Well, you know, the thing is with all the technology and, and, and every, everybody knowing where you are all the time and and, uh, and, and, and Google listening in and, 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 and you know, uh, Apple and all of it, you know, you, they know exactly what's going on. Do you want somebody tracking your balls? Next, yes, I do, Matt. I gotta say, this this seems like a, this seems like a jump ahead of the NFL. The NFL is still using a, a you know ball and chain and all that stuff. Major League Rugby putting some tech in their balls. I love it. Hey, Matt, I don't know if you saw this, but World Rugby they shared fixtures for the Pacific Four series against that's the USA Women's Eagles taking on Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. The U.S. is going to host Canada on April 27th, location TBD. But if you go back a couple episodes when you were talking with the owner of RFC LA, I get the impression that that match might be hosted in Los Angeles, doubleheader. 
What do you think of that? I think it would be great. And that was Pete Sickle, who was on this program a couple of three weeks ago. And uh, yeah, they're forward thinking. They're they're collectively thinking, and it's a good thing. Ironically, the Canadians are going to be hosting their Pacific Four game in Newfoundland. Next. Man, that's really all I got. I just want to know, are they going to play the national anthem ahead of the anthem games, or will the anthem have a new anthem ahead of the national anthem? Yes. Actually, Matt, I've got one more question. I noticed something. You didn't yell next. Yeah, I was criticized uh, for annoying people by yelling next all, all the time, and it made this one person really angry, and that was Steve Lewis. And Steve complained to me that I can't, about my yelling next, so here I am, a kinder, softer Matt McCarthy with my nexts. Next. Next segment. All right. On that note, I want to thank John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. John, you've been great again. Let's go to a commercial break before we bring in Nick Chivetta. Next. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back with the artist that formerly known as Nick Civetta, now Nick Civetta, calling in from England. Nick, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Uh, Thanks for having me, Matt. Good Good to be back on MLR Weekly. And the uh, the reason you're here, ladies and gentlemen, it's a breaking story. Nick is renouncing retirement to announce that he's joining the San Diego Legion, A, because he wants to be re- reunited with his tall pals, Greg Peterson and Charlie Hewitt, B, because he's absolutely sick of the weather in England, C, because San Diego plays on grass, and D, because he's absolutely sick of the weather in England. <laughs> God, that would, that would be... Uh... Oh, that's I, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't dream about that, but, you know, it's uh, certainly not on the cards. All right. So anyway, the one of the reasons that you're on here is because we've had a, uh, a, a, a an olive branch, an agreement of sorts between the players and the owners in Major League Rugby. And not that I'm going to take full credit for this, but I'm taking full credit for this off this show and in the pubs. But in the meantime, walk us through the agreement. And treat us like you're talking. You're talking to the guy on the street or the girl on the street. The outcome of a number of years' work from the players to to build um, the support to to drive a, a, a campaign for organization for the players' association to file for an election to demonstrate to the league that the will of the players would be heard, um, and culminated in um, a last minute agreement. With the league that voluntarily recognizes the Players Association and forgoes a labor election that was scheduled to happen in, in a couple of weeks, right? So um, fundamentally, we are at the stage now where we are the official bargaining partner of, of MLR players. Um, we are desperately looking forward to the next step as an organization, right? Moving from an organizing phase where we've garnered the support of the players um, and moving into 
you know, bargaining phase, right? Where we organize ourselves and, and, and craft a collective bargaining agreement and come to the table with the league and, and approach trying to find common ground in, in a collective bargaining agreement, right? Which is a completely different animal to, um, to the organiza organization phase of the union. So um, fundamentally, you know, our legal status as players has already changed. Um, we are a unionized player race. We are, we, when I say we, I mean MLR players. I'm not one of them, but um, as leader of the organization, um, you know, we are in a position now to make full use of the rights afforded to us under the National Labor Relations Act. You know, we can negotiate for the terms and conditions of our employment. Okay, so in terms of what you guys were looking for, this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the fundamental step, you know, the fundamental next step in the organization, right? Now we're in a position where, you know, we can look more internally and not focus on organizing and not focus on our on our on our counterparty stakeholder the league. We need to focus on ourselves um, and come to agreement amongst ourselves what it is we want to get out of a bargaining agreement, right? So it's it's that it's fundamentally taking the next step as an organization to that point where the focus has changed and it's it's focused on the future, which is great. So let me get to this though, because you played for Rugby New York, right? And in essence, we both worked for them in different capacities. I was I was a uh, I was the play by play guy. You were a player. Yeah. This is an impossible question to answer, but I'll ask it anyway. If the agreement came out prior to Toronto announcing they were going out. Do you think it would have had an impact on those two teams staying in the league? That's a tough question. I don't think so. I mean, fundamentally, Guy wanted out of New York, right? He thought he had buyers. The buyers weren't real, right? They didn't want to put the money down when it came to it, right? That's the story I've heard from, from multiple people, confirmed multiple times. Difficult, right? The Toronto situation is completely different. The guy passed away. Bill Webb passed away, which is a great loss to, to Canadian rugby. And a lot of stuff was tied up in probate and they couldn't get it out, right? It's a complicated situation. They couldn't find investors. Rugby Canada couldn't step in potentially. Like it's 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 tricky. In no way can you attribute this to some existential crisis about labor peace or a lack of labor peace. You know, you look at... Well, there is a way. I mean, it's you can't say there's no way. I mean, listen, you look at... I mean, these, these investors are savvy investors, right? Are they not? These guys investing in rugby in the United States. The entire U.S. sports market is unionized and has a players association. This is the cost of doing business. If there is even a cost associated with it, it is the cost of doing business that this is part of the landscape that you enter into. So if this spooks you, you're probably not even in the business to begin with. And, and right? just to be clear, I am not pinning the timing on the players. I'm just asking the question. And, you know, being here in New York on the ground. What I would say is I think it's watching everything evolve. I would say that that potential investor was not completely uh, imaginary. He was real. And I think he got spooked by. By Toronto pulling out potentially. Yeah. No, yeah, I, by I Toronto, Toronto pulling out. I mean, that's. I think by Toronto pulling out, that could, that could spook an investor. The, the specter of a player's association. That's not going to spook an investor. I think it's a ridiculous premise. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, you know, we could we can agree to disagree. That's okay by me. I mean, you know, that's that's your prerogative to believe that. Can I start calling you names. 
killing investment in the MLR. You know, I, I see I see a rich landscape of, of of owners of MLR teams who are willing to commit to the long term success of rugby in the United States. Right, that's how I see the MLR developing, and I'm confirmation of that from the owners that that's that's that they're invested for the long term. Well, absolutely. You talk to every single one of them individually. Yeah, they're they're all oh, oh and they're all, yes. they're all they're all spending money. money. They put it. Sorry, some some of them yes, but some of them not. Right. Well, but they are putting their money where their mouth is. They're spending it. Yeah, some of them have, and some of them have have decided that they they are done with it. That it was an experiment that did not line up with their future investment strategy. You mean the New York ownership group, perhaps? Is that what you, or, perhaps. Well, because in Atlanta, you had the same situation as you had in Toronto. The owner passed away. Yeah. Unfortunately, great, great it's rugby it's guy, great American rugby guy. Exactly. It's, you know, I guess, you know, I keep saying, I kid around with the owners that I speak to um, regularly. And I say, uh, how's the heart? You know, because because the model is with, you know, right now in this embryonic stage, and it's still embryonic, it's year seven, you got the reliance on, you know, some franchises, one individual, right? And that's not the ideal model. We're not the NFL. I mean, it's okay with if you're Jerry Jones, right? It's a different animal. Yeah. But, you know, we're seeing we're seeing the, uh, the issues that happen when that's the case. But at the same time, we're in year seven. We now have some accord if you will, with the players and the owners, uh, with the idea that they're going to build on that. Everybody's going to build on that. So I'm feeling pretty good about this season, despite the fact that we lost two teams. We got two teams. So you're the perfect guy to, to address this because you have been an Eagle and you have played in this MLR setup. Do you think the anthem should just be devoted to developing USA players for the Eagle pool? And do you think that Scott Lawrence should run the anthem or be in charge of the Eagles? I mean, it's not that's what they're that's the anthem it is in, it involved in the development of American rugby. Yeah, but they, they announced like uh, this earlier this week that there's going to be international slots on the team. And I thought that that was the reality that they had to have anyway. Yeah. But, you know, and you're going to get people, you know, slamming the fist on the table. And I'm like, no, you don't have to slam. I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really worry too much about that. I think they'll probably approach it in a smart way and have experienced guys who can contribute for the right reasons to the growth of Americans on the team. I think the mission of that team is is probably slightly different to the mission of you know, another MLR team. Right. And that'll be part of the culture of the team as well. So that the foreign players that they bring in will be involved in creating that culture. So without a doubt, there'd be careful consideration into to who the guys are who are in that environment. Um, and, you know, I think Scott is is involved uh, with the anthem as well as involved with the Eagles, right? I think you, you need to create, as you see in, in any successful sports program, a pathway from, you know, just using rugby as an example, under 17s, under 20s, under 23s, if there is such a thing, to the club teams, to the internet, the national team, um, you need to create a coherent pathway, right? So there needs to be processes in place that guys start to understand from a young age, when they're on the anthem, wherever they may be, what what it requires to be an international rugby player and what it means to be an eagle. Um, and this is part of fleshing out that mission, I'm sure, right? Is 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 creating these opportunities for guys to be in that environment. He's not going to be able to do both. But would you like to see Scott? In charge of the anthem or in charge of the Eagles? 
I don't, I don't really have an opinion. I, I think he'll have a hand in both. He'll be hopefully the leader of the Eagles, you know, going forward and involved in the anthem. You know, but the man, the man is a machine, and I look forward to seeing you know the work he can do for USA Rugby. Uh, Nick, once again, thank you, sir, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. All right, buddy. On that note, uh, let's take a brief break and come back with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News after this. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? with Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, who is shushing on Bunker Hill in his Free Jacks attire. Brian, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Great to be here. It's a little bit chilly where I am, but thankfully I have this MLR champion New England Free Jacks jacket to keep me warm. That's your cold voice? That that was, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. That's horrible. Sorry. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and for a guy that's... Just be just you're always cold. You're in Nova Scotia. So just be yourself. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we were talking off camera and uh, I, we were reflecting on some of the, the stuff going on on the Internet uh, on X or formerly known as Twitter. And uh, you were you were specifically getting your your uh, gander up. I don't know. What is that expression? Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I just I, I saw the trade that uh anthem made with san diego which was terribly worded when they when it was announced by the way so it's a loan deal they get james rivers the second row from san diego uh oh so you so you had, you're angry on behalf of grammarians everywhere because of the poor word wording yeah that's just one aspect of the communications in general at mlr suck but that's <laughs> a topic for another day uh no what what really annoyed me was that San Diego is getting an extra import slot for the 2024 season as a result of this one-year loan of their player going to Anthem to get much-needed game time. I just think this is a, a ridiculous decision by MLR uh, to allow Anthem to do that, uh, to, to trade some of their uh, import cards. Now, to clarify for people who don't understand, at the beginning of every season, each team gets 10 import cards they can use field 10 uh, international Four foreign players. players right foreign it's players not, it's not importing cheese it's or wine it's to get a, an overseas player right okay so 10 overseas players who aren't domestic eligible within their 23 and they can trade with other teams if they want to if they only want to field you know nine of them they can trade a card to someone else this is the system that mlr has they last year they brought in this thing unbeknownst to me but i just was informed this that there's a maximum now of 12 you know, you could trade for two extra cards. Like New England last year, for example, had 12. They could use 12 in their 23. 
Uh, so that's how the, the card system works. And, you know, Anthem coming in late, I think we all assumed them being, you know, the whole point of them coming in was to promote these young American players. So we kind of assumed that it was, you know, pointless and kind of backwards if they get the same international cards to be able to trade to other teams, thereby taking away a spot of an American player on another team. The Anthem traded a foreign spot to San Diego and got an American back in return. Isn't that exactly what the team is supposed to be doing? Uh, sort of, but it's not entirely accurate because let's clarify this. James Rivers is not an American. He's English. He played for Hong Kong under 20s. He's not U.S. eligible until next season. So he wasn't going to get a whole lot of playing time in San Diego. So they have wisely. Now, as you say, the whole point of Anthem was to give these kind of guys because he is going to be U.S. eligible at the end of this year. So he's working his way towards Eagles eligibility. He's on their radar. So great. Instead of him riding the pine for most of the year, he goes well, He's to a Anthem. project player. Right. He'll get playing time. That part is good. I have no issues with the loan deal. I think that's fantastic. What I have an issue with is Anthem taking one of their, they're allowed, the MLR has given them the ability to, to trade four of their, their import, their foreign cards, sorry. So we don't international slots. Four of their international slots to other teams. So I, I have an issue with San Diego now being able to field an extra player because of this arrangement that they've had. Uh, you're taking away- An extra away, foreign player. You're taking away a match day 23 spot from an American player by doing that. Like, I don't see how this is, you know, this seems to me completely backwards. Why would you allow Anthem to do that? And why would Anthem fundamentally want to be doing that when the very point of them coming into the league is to promote American players getting more playing time? But let me give you an example where I have a real issue with this. Let's take uh, Old Glory, okay? We don't know who's getting these other cards yet. So this is an assumption. I don't know that Old Glory is getting a card and whatever. But if Old Glory got a card... Who is going to miss out on playing time? They're going to be able to play, uh, you know, Facundo Gattas and Martin Vaca, both of their their international hookers, instead of Koi Koi Nelligan. Or maybe John Rizzo misses out for, for Perry Humphreys coming on the bench. Or maybe Colin Gross misses out on playing time. If you look at Houston, instead of having to choose between AJ Alatimu and Davey Kotzer within their limit, now they can have both. And Max Schumacher, this number two overall pick in the draft, is losing game time. Why are we doing this? Why are we allowing Anthem to trade these things? You could say, yes, they're the same. Scott Lawrence was on this program a week ago saying, hey, they, want, they wanted us to be sure that we have the same salary cap and operated the same as other teams, you know. But let's just face the truth here. This is not the same as the other 11 teams. This team is backed by World Rugby and the other major league rugby owners and effectively operated by USA Rugby. Their number one point of them coming into existence is to play American rugby players. It's not to win the MLR championship. That's a secondary benefit for them. Can we not be honest about that? I mean, yes, they want to be competitive, but that's the truth. That's the that's, truth. That's, that's, that's been abundantly clear or made abundantly clear. I'm not so sure. You're saying USA Rugby is running the show, but it's really world rugby that ultimately calls the shots because they're the majority owners. Okay. But, but you're, we're getting into semantics here. We're getting into the weeds. They're operated differently from the other. They are a different team by the nature of that, of the whole thing. The whole concept here is different from the other 11 teams. 
Number two, the league is allowing them to trade. They're giving them these four international slots and they're making an exception for this one team saying, well, you know, these guys are only going to hire a handful of, of foreign players anyways, just to make sure they're a little bit competitive. So we're going to allow them to trade four of these international slots. But by doing that, you're taking away four American players in the match 23 for every one of those slots they trade. An American player is losing time on another team. I just fundamentally think this is a mistake. This is a bad decision. Uh, either you don't let them do this or Anthem as an organization should say, what are we doing? Why are we taking game time away from an American player on another team when on we want team. American players to play? So you're saying it's not taking away the jobs from the Anthem. It's taking the jobs away on other teams. It, exactly. It's exactly. It's fantastic that Rivers is going to Anthem. Like you said, that's exactly what this whole program was meant to do. A guy like Logan Widener, who's coming in from, from uh, Old Glory to play with them. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. That's what we want. But we don't want, on the other side, these four. And you might say, hey, it's only four cards, whatever. But that's four American players who could be getting game time on other teams who are now losing time because you're allowing them to trade these these international foreign player spots. So okay. my my argument is they either shouldn't be allowed to do this or Anthem should just say we're not going to do this because it's it, it's backwards to what we're trying to achieve. So what should they do with their international the foreign international slots? Nothing. What? Nothing what? at all. What? Nothing at all. Why? Why? Listen, look at this deal with Rivers. Look at this deal with Rivers. Why does San Diego need to get an international player spot return? Rivers from isn't going to play for San Diego. It's a good deal for San Diego because he goes to Anthem for a year, probably a starter or at least in the 23 most days, gets a season of good game time, returns to San Diego, a seasoned player, and U.S. eligible next season. That's a good deal for San Diego. Anthem gets exactly what they want. They want a young, promising Eagles prospect to come and play for them. It's a good deal for both teams. Throw some cash in there. I don't see why you need the international slot in the first place. It's When I look at this deal, it's heavily slanted towards San Diego, and okay. it doesn't need to be. All right. Well, I would say that they should use the four international sl slots for some maybe aging veteran players that have had good careers overseas to be sprinkled in amongst these young players. Yeah, but they've already got they've got ten of them. They're allowed to trade four. Uh, they still got you know if they trade the four, they still got six slots. They can still hire six foreign players. My opinion: hire the five or six foreign guys and don't trade the cards. Just keep the other four. There's nothing obligating you to hire or you know sign them up and hey guys, they're going to be uh, player coaches at practice or something or other. But I, I just fundamentally disagree with Anthem being able to ship those foreign player spots to other team. I think it's absolutely crazy. Okay, fair enough. And uh, you know we're basically out of time, but I just wanted to point out that you look absolutely great in Free Jack's attire. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, he's wearing the Free Jack's attire because they gave it to him. You hear that, MLR teams? You want Brian Ray in your kit? You you don't want him to have to pay for it. That was my big contribution to this this segment, <laughs> other than looking like an absolute idiot. On that note, we are out of time. I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and the New England Free Jacks, and John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, and Mr. Nick Chavetta 
He, formerly of USA Rugby and Major League Rugby, now repping the Players Union. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds. The College Rugby Wrap-Up, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.